Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. This episode of the Dungeon Cast is sponsored by Valda's Spire of Secrets, a new expansion for 5th edition D&D. What's your next character? If it's a human fighter or an elf ranger, I have a book that will change your mind. Valda's Spire of Secrets is a new expansion for D&D 5th edition that introduces 10 new base classes and over 150 new subclasses. Spire of Secrets works with any setting and any adventure. Think about it like an expansion for the core rules. It's not a new edition or a campaign setting. Think of it as the player's handbook too you always dreamed of. It even has a cute teddy bear race. Click the link in the description below to go to spireofsecrets.com and get your copy today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from backstabbing bandits to bombastic blasts. And today we're talking about Beholderkin, eyes of flame, eyes of frost, and eyes of the deep. All right, hey, uh, hey, Brian, how you hey, doing? Hey, Will, hey, <laughs> we're here again. We talking are talking about Dungeons and Dragons. My, my safe. Uh-huh. This is my safe word. Wait, wait, my what? safe zone. Your my safe, safe place. Your safe zone. My safe word is something else. What year is it, Brian? Uh, two thousand. The year of the beholder. The year of the beholder. And today <laughs> we are covering three beholderkin: uh, the Eye of Flame, the Eye of Frost, and the Eye of the Deep. Uh, the reason for this being that none of them have enough written lore to carry their own episode. And in fact, only one of them has an official an official stat block for 5th edition, and a really difficult one to find at that. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, the Eye of Frost has an especially little written about it, uh, written about it, uh, limited to four sentences in the Monster Manual 2 of 4th edition. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's not a lot. And it's not fourth a 4th edition's a wordy edition. Yes, yes. But, um, it, well, 
In some ways it was. So a lot of like the Dragon Magazine stuff and a lot of the um, essential stuff, which is like the back half of fourth edition, yeah. was really wordy. But like if you go into those monster manuals, not very wordy at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I feel like there's so much lore like, there is. on, on there where is, we talk yeah. about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, fourth edition is kind of weird like that. Interesting. So it it it's a shame these three have not been expanded upon in 5e, as I do find them really cool in theory. Uh, and elemental influence influence beholders, if you will. Uh, but maybe the concept is just too obvious to expand on, question mark. Oh. Uh, it's a nice beholder. It lives in cold areas. It likes to shoot ice ice rays. It's like, a nice beholder? Like, oh, nice. No. <laughs> or like, they're your friend. Jeez, They'll give you presents on Have Christmas. you ever seen Adventure Time? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, I mean, a lot of it. Have you ever seen the Nice King episode? Because you have Ice King. Oh, uh, what, yeah. The princesses mishear him, and they think he's a nice king. Anyways. Oh, okay, yeah. I've joke. seen a lot that's of episodes. That's a joke he just made. Ah, nice. Good job, Brian. <laughs> You're stealing from Adventure Time on accident. Well, no. Like, brilliant <laughs> minds think alike. I'm brilliant. <laughs> if my Will op- said it, so it's true. <laughs> if my opinion means anything to anyone <laughs> looking to implement these guys into their game, I think the elemental flavor of these beholders uh, can be spiced up with a bit of expansion on their personality and creation method. Uh, we know beholders can dream new beholders into existence and make changes to their own physiology in their sleep. Unfortunately, the origin of both the flame and frost beholder is not given to us, so it's up to DMs to elaborate and get creative if they choose to do so. But let's get into it, starting with the Eye of Frost. Okay. I would like that. Yeah. So, like I said previously, the Eye of Frost originates from 4th edition. This isn't surprising, as 4E really had an obsession with flavoring things by either element or plane of existence. Yeah, categorizing, like, taking a monster and splitting it up into, like, you could do it like this or like that. Exactly. So, if a thing existed in 4E, there's probably an Ice, Fire, Shadow, Fae, and Faroam (laughs) version of it to be published in some source book somewhere. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, This Beholderkin is depicted as a gaunt white beholder with blue-gray eyes. Its hard, scaly skin comes to points below its chin and body reminiscent of icicles. All right. Um, Is there a... I'm going to Google some... um, Oh, yeah. Google this up. Google this up. Yeah. So what is it? Uh, Eye of Frost. Frost. Beholder? Yes. Okay. I'm going to take a look. The Eye of Frost is a heartless predator that hunts in frozen lands of ice and snow. More so than other types of beholders, the Eye of Frost lives for the twisted pleasures of the moment, seldom concerning itself with long-term plans. I fucking Um, knew it. This was an ice one, Dale, wasn't it? I've been seeing this art a lot. Um, and when he described it, I like. Oh yeah, is I that like, in the Icewind Dale book? The, I, I wouldn't so. be surprised. I think so. I'm um, not sure. Actually, it's quite possible. I, I never really cracked that, that one book. open. I don't look at the modules very often. Yeah, so, um, but that's just me, personal. I just mostly read out of the abyss, like constantly, almost. Right. Like I, I sometimes I feel like I can't stop reading yeah. it. I'm, you know, there might be a good reason for that. Huh. Anyways. <laughs> So, um, most eyes of frost prefer to dwell in extreme cold lands of the material plane, as well as the place where the planes of water and air touch, the Frostfell. Mm. Which, we don't talk enough about the Frostfell. There's not enough written about the Frostfell. I was going to say, I like, think what really, is that? Have we talked about it? I'm sure it's yes, come up. Ta- so, in the Elemental Planes episode, we yeah. talked about where each of the Oh, yeah, where they rub touch, together. There's a, a subplane. Maybe. Yes. So, yes. where the plane of Wind water. Wind and water yes. make the ice plane. The I remember Frostfell, now. yes. Yes. Um, they also dwell sometimes in the elemental chaos or even certain locations of the Shadowfell, uh, drifting high above their frozen landscape to spy prey from afar. Now, I do find it interesting that the personality of this beholder is very like in the moment, uh, focusing on the twisted pleasures of the kill. Okay, because yeah. that is very reminiscent of a lot of other frozen. Yeah, um, some white monsters, dragon stuff. Some white dragon stuff, yeah. Or some Remoraz stuff. Yeah. Or even, like, frost giants are kind of like that to a certain degree. Like, you know, they're a simple people. They're about the fight. 
and they're about the the, the strength and, and proving it and survival, and that's it. That's all they do. The Arctic Hare. Yeah. Fucking devil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so ice archons, uh, frost giants, and sometimes even oni employ eyes of frost as hunters and guardians. These sadistic beholders often chafe under the command of such creatures, but they obey as long as their masters sate their appetite for cruelty. So they don't have that same megalomania egotism that a standard beholder has. They're happy to do it if they are going to get their kills. Exactly, yes. Okay, so this is this is just the floating rancor. Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> just trying to chomp. Little else is written about the Eye of Frost, save for three unique abilities it has apart from classic beholders. The first two being two unique eye beam powers. First is the Eye of Frost Freeze Ray, which immobilizes its target by encasing them in ice. That doesn't make any sense. Just what? kidding, it makes okay. absolutely yeah, perfect absolutely. sense. <laughs> the second is a cold ray, which does cold damage. Finally, the Eye of Frost has a unique ice armor ability. The eye encases itself in a thick coating of ice for a limited amount of time to cre- increase its defenses. That's great, like um, like that spell. That spell I did constantly in Super Quest Soccer. Um, Agatha's uh, armor, armor of Agathas. Armor of Ag- Armor of, of Agathis. Agathis. Or Agathis. However, Agathis. Yeah, however you want to say it. Yeah, it is very similar to that. I think in fourth edition, it was like, it popped the, the move, and I think for an encounter, it would have a plus two to uh, armor class and fortitude. Okay, yeah, that's um, actually not like the spell. It's not? Interesting. The spell does damage when you get hit with like melee. Yeah, but doesn't it boost your AC? Did it? I thought, no, it boosts your, it gives you temp HP. Oh, that's it. So yeah. it gives you like temporary shields. Okay. High AC, more HP. Are I, they really that different? Well, I mean, you be the judge. Yeah. I think for creation origins of this beholder, a similar route as the death kiss could be in order. A beholder who either fears the possibility of freezing to death or is in actuality near hypothermic death may dream of a form perfectly designed for survival in such extreme conditions. A body of ice made only for frigid temperatures. Thus, an eye of frost is born. I think cruel and even primal in behavior and mentality tracks with other, oh, I said this, other Arctic Dandy monsters as well. White dragons, yetis, frost giants, ramorazes. Um, these places are inhospitable and survival is the name of the game. Yeah, totally. So, so to kill is to live. Indeed. Any questions about frost beholders or comments or concerns? I really like the concept of like, oh God, I'm like a wizard with, uh, with, like one as its charge or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I just need you to be more cold, bro. And it stabs it and it's like teleports it to the fucking like tundra and it's like, change, change now. And That's it, like, intense. It Holy like shit. dies and like births another one yeah. in its place. It's like, you work for me. Here, eat this Arctic hair. <laughs> nice. Uh, there that's, you go. That's fun. And that's how it's the first Frost Beholder was born. Yeah. <laughs> I just need you to be made of ice, my guy. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you why. I just do. <laughs> so ne- next we will talk about the Eye of Flame. Okay. Uh, these Beholders are depicted as scaly, reddish-brown, orbular tyrants with yellow eyes and a vertical and vertical slit pupils. Ooh. Um, they're kind of uh, like a dragon. You want you want to pull up a yeah, kind of kind of red dragonish. Okay. Um, go ahead and pull up an image. Eye of flame. There there are also some thick, short tendrils hanging from their lower body. As their name would suggest, they specialize in firing rays of fire. I literally, the Eye of Sauron came up because I didn't type 5e. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. Okay, neat. Yeah. Let me see what you're looking at. Yeah. 
There it is. Uh, Eyes of Flame are distinct from other beholders in that they lack the extreme arrogance and egotistical attitude that tend to hold regular beholders back. I find this interesting considering how we tend to associate fire with brazenness, arrogance, power, and anger. But instead of being the xenophobic megalomaniacs or kin are, uh, they regularly and willingly cooperate with other creatures and also submit to the orders of creatures more powerful than themselves and even other beholders with little resistance. Now, I, I just said the thing I said about how I find that funny because I, I think we do associate fire with kind of like chaos, destruction, um, you know, uh, brazenness, arrogance, all that other stuff. Yeah. But now that I think about it, in D&D, we often associate the fire creatures with lawful evil. A lot of the Infernal oh, yeah, stuff. Totally. Uh, Ifriti are lawful evil. Um, those are the two off the top of my head. So th- maybe this one lends itself to that mentality because it gets transformed by close proximity to the plane of fire. Mm. I don't know. Or uh, or even Beator. I don't know. I guess it could be. Like, if yeah. you go to Beator, like, these things would be the beholder that yeah, are there. Yeah, this and is the ones you're going to find. Them, maybe yeah. you find the frost one in, like, what is it, the seventh layer? A cold, icy one? Is yeah, that eight or sure. seven? Uh, that would, I think it is six and eight. Oh, that's right. There were two. Yeah, there were two. There were two and, frosty ones. Yeah, there are two frosty ones. I like psych. Uh, <laughs> Like the Eye of Frost, uh, the Eye of Flame has some unique abilities. Their central eye renders those caught within its gaze with vulnerability to fire damage and increased susceptibility to catching on fire. Very handy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, After sustaining serious damage or even after death, the inner fire of an Eye of Flame erupts in dangerous bursts, damaging those around it. Um, That's very, again, this is is from 4th edition. And in 4th edition, there was a lot of like, when a creature gets bloodied, something happens. Or when a creature dies, something happens. Yes. And that's, that's I, I think where that's so fucking from. cool. I, I do. I agree as well. Uh, unlike normal beholders, they have only three eye rays uh, types, despite still possessing 10 eye stalks. Oh, okay. Uh, so 10 stalks, but only three only types three rays. of beams. Okay. Indeed. They have a heat ray, a fear ray, and a telekinetic ray. Mm. So this beholder actually has an official stat block, which you're going to read shortly. Um, it is a tough one to find, though. It is only available in the Adventurer's League module, Blood Above, Blood Below. There's no lore written about it. It's just statted out and kind of described. An Adventurer's um, League module. I know shockingly is, little about the Adventurer's League. Me too. But I do know this is a very early module, and like it's hard to find. It's just, And this is the only time it's ever printed. It's never referred to ever again. I saw a post from like one of the D and D accounts that was like people playing Adventures League like mm-hmm. in esport uniform with headsets, and I was like, that I don't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like, what are they doing? I have to look into it. <clears throat> I am speaking from a from a place of ignorance when it comes to Adventures League, but from the impressions that I've gotten, is it attracts a type of D and D gamer that is very much into the game part of the game yeah like all the all the, the minutiae the rules the optimization like, all that other stuff i maybe i'm wrong they play that's the impression i've always got they play encumbrance yeah if anybody listening knows a lot about adventure league uh yeah, please feel it. free to hit us up in the comments i kind of want to read about it i want to know what people's experiences with that is yeah uh if you're an adventure leaguer uh let us know in the comments below i'm and gonna read a stat block now indeed go for it Brian. uh and so this is for the eye of flame right yes so eye of flame this is the large this is a large aberration of lawful evil mm-hmm. it's armor class is 18 which that seems really high for yeah. a beholder uh, right let me pull up the the classic beholder but keep reading okay yeah the, and it says it's plate um so this um, thing's made of metal that's dope. 
Hey man, I don't know. It came. Maybe it's it came natural from, armor's plate. Maybe, or maybe it got plated up for this adventure. Maybe. I didn't read about the adventure, man. No. I just pulled the stab. Yeah, lock. that's interesting, though. <laughs> I like that. Um, Could be wearing up. armor. That's fucking awesome. Um, no, no, no. The regular beholder uh, has armor class eighteen, natural armor. Oh, that's really high. So that's, that might that's actually be a misprint. Uh, that it says plate. Yeah. Oh. Again, this is very early on. This is almost like right after D and D next. Did you see this art that I pulled up? Yes, it's very I nice. Who, I don't know whose art this is, but it's dope. Um, <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't refer to art. We can't show our fans. I know. Um, I would. I'm. I'm thinking this is a misprint. Okay, so it's probably natural it's, armor. I think it should be natural. Yeah, armor. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's wearing armor. No. Uh, it's got 180 HP. It's got a walking speed of zero, a flying speed of 20. That's hover. Mm-hmm. Uh, strength of 10, dexterity of 14, constitution of 18, <clears throat> intelligence of 17. A wisdom of 15 and a charisma of 17. It's so stacked. far, we are identical to a regular beholder so far. Beholders are strong. Uh, saving throws, intelligence plus 7, wisdom plus 7, charisma plus 8. Okay, a little fluctuation there. Perception plus 12. Same. Uh, it's immune to being prone. It's also immune to fire, which is dope. Yes, that's nice. Uh, senses are dark vision of 120 feet, passive perception of 22. So high. Languages, deep speech, and undercommon. It's a challenge rating 13. It's got the vulnerability cone. The beholder's central eye creates an area of fire vulnerability in a 150-foot cone. It's like all I told you. Cr- yes. <laughs> just like It's almost just like you told me. Uh, all creatures within the cone gain vulnerability to fire. At the start of each of its turns, the beholder decides which way the cone faces and whether the cone is active. It also has heated body. A creature that touches the beholder or hits it with a melee attack while within five feet of it <clears> takes <throat> seven or 2d6 fire damage. That's like elemental stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna bite if it wants to, on an action. It's a pretty that, fierce bite. It's one of it. It's one of its actions. Yeah, that, bite. that bite is pretty fierce if you want to read the damage. It's a melee weapon attack with plus five to, plus five to hit, reach of five feet, one target. It's gonna hit for fourteen or forty-six piercing damage plus fourteen or forty-six fire damage. Twenty-eight damage on the bite. Nice, mm-hmm. chompy, chompy. <coughs> eye rays. The beholder shoots three of the following magical eye rays at random. Reroll duplicates except for flame ray. So it could shoot multiple flame rays. Yeah. Because uh, I was about to say, what's the point of rolling if you have to reroll duplicates? But it's because you could do two or three flame rays. Go that's ahead. cool. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Choosing one of the two, three targets, you can see within 120 feet of it. So on a one and a two, you're going to get the flame ray, which is a uh, targeted creature must make a DC 16 dexterity saving throw, taking 44, 8D, 10 fire damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a success. Uh, on a three, you're going to get the fear ray. The targeted creature must succeed on a DC 16 wisdom saving throw, be frightened for one minute. The target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending this effect on itself on a success. And number four is the telekinetic ray, which I think almost every beholder has. Yeah. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 16 strength saving throw, or the beholder moves it up to 30 feet in any direction. It is restrained by the ray's telekinetic grip until the start of the beholder's next turn, or until the beholder <clears throat> is incapacitated. If the target is an object weighing uh, 300 pounds or less that isn't being worn or carried, it is moved up to 30 feet in any direction. The beholder can also exert fine control on objects with this ray, such as manipulating a simple tool or opening a door or a container. It is the ultimate mage hand, no hand involved. Very much so. Legendary actions. The beholder can take three legendary actions using the eye ray option below. It can uh, take only one legendary action at a time and only at the end of another creature's turn. The Beholder regains spent legendary actions at the start of the turn. That's how legendary actions work. Yep. You get an eye ray. Beholder uses one random eye ray. That's it, yeah. That's, that's, <clears throat> there it is. So as for like uh, creation thought process, I I mean, I would make it, 
I immediately go to what I said about the frost boulder. It's like uh, a boulder either fearing burning to death mm-hmm. or um, very near the possibility of burning to death could either turn itself into something resistant to flame or create, of course, a twin that's resistant to flame. You're fighting um, a beholder in a volcano lair. You, you make it outside. You're battling to the death. It's only got two eye stalks left because you cut all those shits off and you fucking, this is my campaign, and you kick it into the fucking fire, <laughs> and it lands in the volcano, and the volcano erupts, and you die, and now there's a fire beholder. You know, something we've never discussed about beholders and their whole reality-changing thing is, like, once they change, do they just lose the reality power? Because we never talk about them changing back. Oh. You know what I mean? So do they lose it? And if they don't, like, would it be out of the realm of reasonable for a beholder cognizant of their own ability to change themselves at will whenever they need for whatever they need? That would be a randomly super duper powerful beholder. Wouldn't that be an amazing like like a BBEG beholder? Yes, exactly. Oh, beholder plus. Mm-hmm. The, the <laughs> beholder pro. I got it. Okay. I got it. All beholders are just copies of the one beholder, beholder, and they're they have copy degradation. So when you find the OG, it's like fucking buff. It's the beholder we're making. It's the Grick Rancher. It's the one it's the one true beholder. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a short rest. Okay. <laughs> this episode of the Dungeon Cast is sponsored by Valda's Spire of Secrets, a new expansion for 5th edition D&D. 
What's your next character? If it's a human fighter or an elf ranger, I have a book that will change your mind. Valda's Spire of Secrets is a new expansion for D&D 5th edition that introduces 10 new base classes and over 150 new subclasses. Spire of Secrets works with any setting and any adventure. Think about it like an expansion for the core rules. It's not a new edition or a campaign setting. Think of it as the player's handbook too you always dreamed of. It even has a cute teddy bear race. Click the link in the description below to go to spireofsecrets.com and get your copy today. We've returned. Indeed we have. And we have one more Beholder kin to talk about today. For this next Beholder, we are traveling deep beneath the waves of the ocean. The Eye of the Deep. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about a Beholder named Ken. What? I, I was like, I didn't know Beholders had names like that. Basic oh, white guy names. No. Boulder Kin. <laughs> Boulder Kin. Dang it. Uh, this spherical creature floats silently in the murky water. Two stalked eyes rise atop the sphere and two long arms ending in crab-like claws protrude from the sphere's underside. Brightly colored plates armor the sphere. A large eye stares from one side of the sphere above a mouth filled with shark-like teeth. Oh, that's weird. Yes. I've never heard of a... You want to pull up the image of the eye of the deep? I'm just kidding. I, like, because we've covered the beholder so many times. Like, oh, what the fuck? I didn't know beholders had sharp teeth. Uh, I... Yeah, but this one has shark-like teeth, not needle-like teeth. There's oh, a difference. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Flashes of light can be seen roiling deep within its central eye. Hidden oh. Un oh, fuck. This thing is wild. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, man. Hidden <laughs> underneath their bodies are approximately 60 to 90 sticky white feelers, which can be used to paddle through the water or cling onto rocks although they are usually found floating silently through the water. They are quite large, averaging nine feet in diameter. Fuck, They're okay. big, yeah. So an Eye of the Deep is sometimes referred to as the aquatic version of the more infamous land-based beholder. And sometimes it is even called, oh my God, a sea holder. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking with us. This is, yeah, this is straight from. I didn't, that's not a joke I said, everyone. That's the writing. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's the writing. <laughs> That's from the Monsters Manual of Second Edition. Just letting you guys know. It's got a bucket. It's, it's full of salt water. Sea holder, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> These monsters dwell in the deepest reaches of the oceans, but rise to the surface to menace those who dwell above the waves. These hateful and cruel creatures are fond of creating illusions of shipwreck. Oh, we're going to talk about these illusions because they upset me. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm upset already. No, I mean, the, the lack of explanation upsets me. Or, no. We'll get to it. We'll okay. just, we'll get to we it. We'll get to it. I have it. problems with these illusions. Okay. Anyways, I have a really good Adele joke. The, okay. These hateful <laughs> and cruel creatures are fond of creating illusions of shipwreck survivors, small islands, mermaids, or whatever else they think might lure their victims closer. Some eyes of the deep can also be found in relatively shallow waterways far underground. They usually make their homes in undersea grottos and sunken ships, though. This would suck to dig a well and find this shit. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> no! <laughs> ah, we're dead. So, eyes of the deep are as deceptive as they are selfish, with no sense of loyalty. They will only work with other creatures if promised food or convinced that the alliance is advantageous to them in some way. They Honestly, though, like, don't we only work with others when it's advantageous to us for the most part? Unless they're, like, a close friend or family member? I, <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe this is just pragmatism. Um, you know, like, you... You should respect yourself and, like, do things you like. Know your and, like, value. Yeah, like, allow things in your life that serve you and not things that, like, are going to tear you down. We can learn from the eye of the deep. Uh, unless... <laughs> unless they're your friends or family, according to Will. <laughs> then just fucking beef it out with them. Just do no, that I'm dumb shit they're asking you to do. All right. <laughs> so they avoid others of their kind. Uh-huh. That tracks. 
<laughs> to prevent potential battles with equal foes. <laughs> While not particularly intelligent compared to normal beholders, they are smart enough to employ traps and other tactical moves. They sometimes use their illusion abilities for entertainment. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Why wouldn't you? I would. Monsters are feeble too, right? Indeed. That's, I mean, that's what we've been discussing, Brian. <laughs> There's a little, like, sea gazer next to it. It's like, you want to watch some YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> projects it on the fucking wall. Cave Absolutely, wall. I would. Nice. So now these illusion <laughs> abilities are poorly explained and quite frankly don't really make sense because they achieve it by combining their eye rays, of which they have two. Okay. One ray has the same effect as the hold monster spell, and the other has the effect of the Kona Cold spell. And for some reason, when both eye rays work in concert, they can craft incredible illusions, even creating moving three-dimensional images. As I grow more skilled, yeah, exactly. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's dumb, Brian. This is the worst. Yeah. These don't make any sense. I, I would tried so hard for like a good four no. seconds to combine Hold Monster no. and Cone of Cold in my brain. Just, and all I thought of were ice cubes. With right, little exactly. body parts in them. As they nope. grow more skilled, they can create and manipulate the images without even looking at them. This is stupid. They have a few more <laughs> unique abilities. An eye of the deep can generate a bright white flash from its center eye that stuns its target for up to a minute and blinds them for twice as long. The They have a regenerative ability and are able to regenerate parts of their body. That's cool. Given enough time with eye stocks requiring six to 11 days and other body parts needing a month. Although the process can be accelerated depending on how much they eat. Eyes of the Deep are capable of smelling blood in the water, much like a shark. They have an innate sense for even the subtlest water currents, and they have telepathy. Finally, for some reason, they don't need to sleep. Do fish sleep? Is this an aquatic thing? That like Maybe. Am I, that might be a reference sleep. to some sort of a, a aquatic thing. While fish do not sleep in the same way that land mammals sleep, most fish do rest. Research shows that fish may reduce their activity and metabolism while remaining alert to danger. Because you can't fucking sleep in the ocean, my guy. <laughs> That's not how that place works. So there, there it is. That's why. Okay. Yeah. All right. So three to six of their bottom feelers are for reproductive purposes. Again, uh. this is what I love about D&D. Sometimes they just got to add in how they fuck. Yep. Um, and they will periodically deposit eggs on the ocean floor. Other <laughs> eyes of the deep can then fertilize these eggs two months after they are laid and will instinctively attempt to do so. Young eyes of the deep subsist on carrion and small fish until their powers and strength develops. Eyes of the deep sometimes work with other entities such as Hwagen or Ixtatachitals. Hwagen. In exchange for the bodies of land dwellers as they cannot... Manu- uh, as they cannot manually go to shore to claim the bodies themselves. Okay, so they're going to hit up some homies? Some ho- yeah, it's like, yo, you got any of them bodies? So these might work for Demogorgon. <laughs> Shout, Shout out to Demogorgon. Demogorgon. <laughs> <laughs> any questions about Eyes of the Deep? <laughs> that was a good one. Um, you know, uh, what the fuck? Like, so they're trying to avoid other beholders, but they, need, they have mating polyp- polyps? On their belly? Yeah, and even these are designed so they don't have to actually interact with each other. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to lay this egg on the, sh- on the floor because my body tells me to do so. And then uh, later on, a male version will come and fertilize that because his body tells Slap him to Slap it so. a bunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, I keep thinking of Adventure Time references. This is good. Because when... Uh, Why not? Never mind. I, that's a, it's a scene where Lemon Grab is trying to like learn how to like be loving, and he's got one of the candy people. Oh yeah, and then he just can't, so he just starts slapping it. <laughs> I, that's immediately where my mind went to. Unacceptable. <laughs> uh, should we take a, a long rest? I think it's long rest time. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where we uh, rest 
from the other thing. From the show. Uh, I love you. Thank you so I much for listening to the show. Well. I gotta it's not get just a, Brian's love. I have love too. I gotta get the tally on. The Dungeon Cast love being in your ear. Mm. Uh, do so <laughs> sorry about that. Or am I? Slippers. Oh, okay, let's do it. Um, well, we covered a lot of information today, but I think there's some information that you don't know that maybe I could tell you about. I would then love to hear it. You could know it about mm-hmm. beholders. So, uh, beholders, underwater ones specifically, yes. in the deep, mm-hmm. they could have had it all rolling down there. I'm confused. What? Uh, it's the Adele joke I never got to do. But they, uh, all these beholders yawn, cough, and they even burp. Uh, but they don't cry. They don't have the glands. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Is beholder, that because fish the, can't cry? Beholder lack a part of the brain that sets them apart from other, you know, regular stuff. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> what are you I tried doing? to read this quote and it didn't work because the quote is bad. <laughs> they don't have a cerebral cortex and so they don't cry. Beholders don't cry. How can you have so many eyes and not cry? And that's what makes them a monster. That's what actually makes them a monster. Did you know? Did you know that? I had no idea. It's a. I really didn't know. It's not true. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Can we we move on? Yeah, I believe we have a contest still going. Um, We are giving away uh, Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons, which is coming out, I believe, on September nineteenth. If you are interested in a copy, there are two ways to enter. The first way: get on social media. Share your favorite episode of any of our many, many shows. We've got a few on YouTube. we got two podcasts, um, SuperQuest, Dungeon Cast, everything you need to know, uh, D&D Explained. Um, share that shit with uh, hashtag DungeonCast. We will add you to the list. You can enter that way. You can also enter on Instagram. I believe it is by liking the post that you find there and tagging two people. Um, Something like that. Yeah, we will be announcing the two winners on September 19th. These contests really help us grow, so... Even if you're not that interested in the book, you know, you could still share our show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you, are you into this shit? Maybe someone else is <laughs> that you know or don't. I mean, just like put it out there. You never know. And it, it helps us a lot. If you want to help the show, you can also go to Patreon. Help us keep the lights on and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Got a lot of cool stuff there for you if you guys are interested. Yep. We try and keep it worth it, but also we we just want to say we really appreciate anyone who, who goes there and does support us because it really does help us keep doing this. Yeah, um, it's just like the main the main thing, the main the main way we get paid. Indeed. So thank you guys <clears throat> so much. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, um, check us out on YouTube, subscribe, comment, leave a review on iTunes. These are all ways that can help us. If you like what we're doing, please do one of those things because it helps. And there's a new thing if you want to help us out. Um, I started an Amazon wish list, so I think we started a link tree as well on our social media. So if you go there, there should be a link for our Amazon wish list. And the reason we started it is because on YouTube we have this sick, cool background with a bunch of like D&D merch kind of up on the wall or like things my friends made and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's great and I love it. But it, we need to fill it in a little bit. Um, yeah, it's still lacking and we, we got some empty space on it. Yeah, so we're going to, we've got a lot of cool ideas for it and they're all on uh, on our wish list. So you can just like buy us a gift. We'll display it. We'll shout you out. We'll, t- we'll tell people about <clears> it. <throat> I guess one last thing I'll add before we go. Um, we now have a lot of our projects available on IGTV. 
think we have six or seven of our videos up there and more are coming. Uh, the hope is that pretty much everything we do, short of SuperQuest Saga, will be uploaded there and available. So if you have Instagram and you want to view us there, that's going to be a possibility pretty soon. Check us out on Instagram. That being said, I think we can call it a game. Let's call it a game. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Case. And this is Will Stark. Will, could you imagine if we had our own podcast? Dude, could you imagine? What if Pokemon were real? Like that Gengar, like realistically, lore-wise, that Gengar might kill you. you. What if monsters like Godzilla were real? You know where I'd live? I try and live in space, Tom, because there's nowhere you can live that they won't accidentally smash you. How would you assassinate a monarch? Will will be gliding on his, his hang glider, and then he would murder this monarch. The best in What If Entertainment. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts can be heard. Just search for Dude Could You Imagine. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.